welcome guys to the first ever the inaugural episode of guitar gossip sponsored by disaster promos i'm your host dano disaster what better way to kick off the season than with our other host of disaster my sensei in guitar my lead guitar player in our band worm husk ryan sillis ryan what is going on buddy how's it going man how are you can't complain you know having a great night Great, great, great. I hear your first show as Wormhusk is this a week today, um, Sunday the 26th at the Queens and Barry. Well, I don't know where you heard that, but yes, it's true. Oh, yeah. Is the show poster not like showing that you're on it or something? No, I, I, I've, I don't know. It's, there's a show happening at the Queens and there's a bunch of bands that are on a poster, but not one of them I've seen being Wormhusk. Oh, okay. So and are you forgeries where they've added Wormhouse to it, but it's not on the official page for the concert, so I don't actually believe it. Makes sense. So should we just go anyway? No, oh, absolutely. Oh, perfect. Good, 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 good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, thank you so much for being my first guest. This is awesome. So let's dive right into it. Um when did you start playing guitar? Like, what was the reasoning behind it? And what was your first guitar? Oh, well, I guess my dad played bass, right? So when I was about 10 years old, I picked up playing guitar because my aunt had a guitar. I was always afraid to touch my dad's bass. But for some reason, I had no problem playing my aunt's guitar. And she ended up giving me a, a little classical guitar. And I started playing like stupid little strings and school started. We started doing guitar in school. All my friends were playing it. So got into it. And then it kind of spiraled more and more seriously for me than most people. And I, you know, 12 years old, playing in a band. Uh, my first guitar, I guess, was a Fender Squire or a Squire by Fender. I don't even know how they call it, but yeah, that was, it was a little blue bullet. Squire Bullet, that's what it was. Squire Bullet. And yeah, that ended up getting stolen by the guitar player from my first band, who told me that he didn't know where it went when he told me he was going to fix it. Oh, it just disappeared. And it was the guitar. Yeah, I didn't do that. Well, it's just, just I don't it's know just where gone. it happened. It's gone. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, basically, <laughs> that. And then, I guess. It all started because of peer pressure. All right, that's good. <laughs> a peer pressure. Um, I feel like I, I kind of know that a little bit. Why? Because you pressure your peers all the time? No, because you you pressured me into being my first band. Oh, yeah, that's true. It is true. It is true. It's okay. It's okay. Um, speaking of which, I remember back when you used to rock the uh, – Epiphone Special 2, um, the black one with the flames. Do you remember that one? I do remember that, sure. And then you evolved, and then you had the BC Rich Warlock. Oh, I didn't have a Warlock. Don't swear at me like that. <laughs> what was it then? It was, it was a BC Rich Zombie Platinum Series. And it was a nice, nice little guitar, nice little unit. Don't swear at me like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, everyone had the like, bronze series warlock and they completely destroyed 
what BC Rich really was. Just these cheap guitars that went out, but there's better guitars. They had good ones. Aside from that, like I mean, that fire guitar was actually that has that had some history behind it. Do you want to abbreviate on some history? Well, it played. I played that in a pulmonary phone line, and there was a show I was playing. And I thought right before the show, it'd be cool to try and do a bitch toss as I was standing on grass. Do you want to explain what a bitch toss is? Just because some people listening might not know what a bitch toss is. So bitch toss is when you take the guitar and spin it around your body. Like that? Yeah, you got to kind of throw it around yourself. Well, I didn't have strap locks, and I don't know why I, I knew better. Idiot! Yeah, so the guitar flew off and landed directly on the headstock and broke the headstock right on the neck i proceeded to play two shows that day with that guitar and broken neck so i mean it was pretty it was you know it did its job so did you um like when you started playing guitar did you take lessons or did you kind of just get like peer pressured and kind of just picked it up because like obviously you said your dad played bass and you got the guitar from your aunt like um was it just like um natural thing because of like the musical upbringing from your family or was it something that you still took lessons just to obviously get better and be the best that you could um for the most part like my formal training has been really an interesting road um i mean i learned like music in school i was really good at music before i even played guitar i learned like you know we had to play like ukuleles and pianos and recorders so i learned how to read music and I mean, for kind of read music, I guess. You learn like you learn the seven notes that you need to learn for your song, and then you forget the song, and then you forget all the notes. But point being, um, when I started playing guitar, I had I my dad let me play that stupid little classical guitar for like a year. Then he brought me to buy my first like actual acoustic guitar. Then he put me in lessons. And I remember the teacher telling my dad that I, I just wasn't into it. I just, I'm not going to make it playing guitar. And I was just like, what? I love playing guitar. But what would happen is she'd tell me to like learn these songs from a book. And then we'd go to school and none of us were learning our books. They were sitting there just writing songs together and stuff. Stupid power chord songs, but we were more interested in writing and playing together than learning how to play Yankee Doodle on a guitar, you know? Absolutely. But yeah so basically moved out of moved away from lessons at that point for years and years i just learned how to play guitar on my own then i ended up uh when i went to college actually learning a lot of theory because in my program you had to learn music theory up to like grade two and i mean it wasn't anything crazy but it kind of reshaped the way that i think about the guitar and what i'm doing and answered a lot of questions tied things together and yeah, I mean, there's some formal stuff in there, you know, like I can understand people are talking about stuff, but for the most part, it's just trial and error over over years and years of trialing and erroring. There you go. Trialing and erroring. That works. <laughs> so um, to touch on that, you went to music industry arts at Fanshawe College in London, Ontario. Um and that's kind of where you kind of like fine-tuned, I guess, your craft. Um, I guess this is where like 
Tar plant came of age. I mean, coming it makes, of age story. I guess it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you're away, you're in school, you're like three hours from home. Um, and yeah, what else? What else are you going to do besides like, I guess, go to school and party, right? <laughs> oh yeah, play a lot of guitar. That's awesome. Yeah, you used to send me a bunch of like crazy riffs that you were just writing, just hanging out in your dorm and stuff. Wicked. Like I wish I was able to do that when I was there. But um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on. So talking about guitars and stuff like that. Who would you say is your guitar hero? It doesn't have to be like, sorry, it doesn't have to be like a um, actually famous person. Like, I mean, if you're going to say your dad, like that's completely fine too. So, you know, um, I mean, of course, my dad was like a heavy influence of mine as a young age, right? You know, he taught me a lot of things that, you know, not every dad can teach their kids about on music, but. You know, like, uh, when it comes down to, like, guitar, I just really, like, I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't have a particular person. I have a particular style, I guess. That's fine. Just, I find that guys that, like, have, like, when they play the guitar, it's not a matter of how many notes they play, but a matter of how they put the notes together to create something that's memorable or creates emotion versus, like, check out all these riffs that I can play at once because I'm really, my fingers can move really fast. And when you listen to it, it just sounds kind of robotic. Absolutely. I can touch on that a little bit. Um, for example, like as exactly you're saying with that kind of like emotion behind like the music, it doesn't matter how many like notes you can play in like that riff. It's like how you kind of play it. Um, Slash is a perfect example. Just the way he like writes his riffs. And I feel like anytime you hear them on the radio like even if you didn't really know you'd like yeah like i guess that's slash you know what i mean like that's just kind of how he goes about it then there's bands that are just unreal that you can tread and just play ridiculously fast and still do it good but like slash might play half those amount of notes in like those two bars but the way he does it and the emotion he puts behind it is like you said it just kind of has that feeling i guess exactly something that like you know like i always think about like um you know you think about like a car engine you know like it's like it's just keep it's it's kind of a repetitive sound then you hear like a bird whistle and it's like seven notes played in unison long some of those are held longer than others and just has a, a melody and the melody just kind of like it hits harder than the roboticness of just playing, you know, like just has more of a, I don't know. That's, so then when I, when I listen to musicians, that's what I'm listening for is their command of the instrument. Like how can they take something and make me feel something from what they played? Because a guitar, a guitar, especially like as a melodic instrument should be used as a, as a tool to basically, uh, express the emotions within you where you know maybe some of, some other instruments aren't as a no i'd say that all of them are and that's the way you should you should be playing it is to express yourself not just a matter of like i guess you could i mean like i 
it's so opinionated, but when it comes down to it, like, even if you're playing fast like that, that might be the way you express yourself. That's just how it is. So can't really um, knock it, but that's what I look for. That's a great answer. Um, to tie on to that, maybe because you don't have a single guitar hero for say, would there be like two or three um, like guitarists that you would kind of throw in that just a kind of, for example, you know what I mean? Like, do you have three guitar players that you feel do that, that you dig? And um, they might not be your favorite, but, like, that's just kind of, like, what influences you as a guitar player? Well, I'll, I'll, how about I just, like, one really good example is the argument between Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen. I really like Aunt Randy Rhodes. And the thing is that when you listen to them, they're, like, they're both the kind of guys that came in and, like, really popularized, like, hammer-ons and stuff like that. but when you listen to Eddie Van Halen, it's like, it's just a matter of a jumble of notes. How many notes? But at the same time, he still manages to show a little bit of memorabilia in there. We listen to like Randy Rhodes, the way that he puts it all together, it's like, you remember that, that walk of the notes. So I like both those, those guys. I think they're both really talented musicians and they have merit in certain ways that, you know, to teach you as a musician, how to be better. But, you know, my, I'm towards like a Randy Rhodes guy than Eddie Van Halen. Now, same thing kind of like, um, if you think about, so there's, I don't know. I guess to, to touch better on your thing about just specific um, musicians, like I really like, uh, I don't remember his name, the guitar player from, the guitar players from even like between the buried me for example right they just like when they write things it's just so oh just it really makes me create an image in my mind you know there's like uh there's things that like oh here's a good one like c vi c vi writes really like melodic stuff sometimes where i'm not so fond of like Ingve malmstein you know like malmstein's a great fantastic guitar player great musician but like just when he plays it's just more of like here, let me like just wank notes at you and you know there's a there's a place for it i guess but that's not really like that's not what i look for and that's the musicians that i kind of look up to awesome all right moving forward um what's your current rig setup now um what guitar do you run guitars plural if you do what's your amp do you rock any pedals anything like that well, I have two setups. Contrary to popular belief, I play about 99% in Wormhouse. There's a little 1% of me that has a little metal project with my buddy. In Wormhouse, I'm actually running that little Yamaha THR30 or 10, THR10 through a Fender Deluxe reissue. That's kind of a cool little combo. I still haven't completely tamed it, but it's got like a, a lot of power, but, but with like a lot of. Um, it's very options. crunchy. It is very crunchy, but I, I don't know if I like how crunchy. It might be a bit too crunchy for me. I don't know. I like the crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still playing around with it. I play uh, uh, Ibanez RG3 320. WH, I don't know. It's a 
like a wood grain RG. It's not like a crazy expensive guitar, but it's got some Seymour Duncan's in, the, in it, and it sounds pretty good. I, I enjoy playing the way it plays. And then I have a, another RG three hundred twenty some three twenty three or something, and it's got like a couple of EMG eighty one eighty fives in them, active pickups. And yeah, that one I love that guitar. They they virtually play the same, so it's really easy to switch back and forth. Um, other than that, I play also a my Bugera three 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 XL. And I have that set up over at the metal thing. And it it has a pretty pretty chalk sound to it. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, I don't know. It's not uh it's not the same as my worm husk sound, so I like the that they're different, but I don't know if which one I like better. I think I like them both differently. Makes sense. So so you're not- I don't play the pedals, I think. Yeah, no, you just everything's built into your amps. Yeah. Okay, moving forward. Um, strings. What is your go-to for guitar strings? I mean, I have an R. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you could growl at me like that. All right. So uh, for strings, I'm not a big stickler because all strings generally come from the same place. But I prefer the Ernie Ball brand. I like the way that they uh, break up their string sizes and the way that they name things. It's pretty easy. But uh, when it comes down to strings, I'm not too particular as long as they make my guitar sound good. And I haven't had a pair of strings that, or a pack of strings that didn't make my guitar sound better than it did. So. Um, I guess back, I used to get Dean Markley's and they'd break a lot. So I don't know if he just got cheap ones or, I don't know. A lot of people will talk, talk good things about Dean Markley. Maybe I was just buying cheap strings, but I don't know. Ernie Ball's been pretty good. But I don't, at this point, I don't even break strings too often. So I haven't had any problems with, with uh, I have, they mostly die before I break anything on them. Yeah, I hear that. You showed me the uh, Ernie Ball slinky heavy bottoms. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, I feel like for the Wormus sound, it's really good. I actually haven't broken strings. Touchwood, just got to change those <laughs> strings this week for a show. <laughs> All right. Like, um, um, sorry, go ahead. Tuning low. You the Ernie Ball not even slinkies. Yeah. They're like a really, really high gauge, and they're really good for tuning low. You can still get that like that tension on your strings, but you can tune lower. For sure. What about picks? Are you one of those guys that are very particular with your sorry? I said they're point seven three and that's that's it. Okay, so if you don't have that, are you gonna throw a fit or will you just steal whatever pick I have or Nick has? I mean, I can go up to a one and I can go down probably to a sixty. But that's about my range. Other than that, I'm going to be like, I'm going to get a little bit upset. All right. Okay. I'll make sure to have just a backup of those just for you, just in case. All right. So moving on. Um, 
you are the lead guitar player of the band Wormhusk. What would you say is your favorite Wormhusk song? Um, fine by me. Why? Uh, I think the riff and the verse is really catchy. I think the solo is um, pretty cool and it's like quick and sweet, but the song is kind of like easy. Nice. Nice. Mine's Ric Flair, but you know, this is about you. It's not me. It's, you know, you know. Okay. So moving on. Um, Ryan and I have disaster, as I mentioned before. And disaster, we do a little segment called Never Have I Ever. And we drink blah, blah, blah. In this segment, it's called This or That. And they're especially curated for Ryan during this episode. So, Ryan, let's just get into it. Are you ready? You don't have to drink. It's just this or that. How do I play? Sorry? How do I play? I'm going to tell you one or the other. So, for example, I'd be like, my Sasha or Charlotte. You know what I mean? You just tell me. Oh, why. I got to I got to all right, all right, all right. Okay. So let's do it. Um, this one's kind of a funny one because um, when Ryan and I met back in high school, in gym class, he always used to rock these two band shirts in gym class, which is pretty awesome. So starting off our this or that segment of this episode, um, the first one is Iron Maiden or Judas Priest. Oh, it's Judas Priest for sure. Do you want to? I mean, I love both bands, but that shirt was Judas Priest 100%. All right. All right. Okay. Moving forward a bit. Um, kind of getting a little older here. Yeah. So I'm going to start. I think my, my pizza's here, man. Oh, perfect. We're going to have a pizza pause. All right. Good answer. Um, so, as I said, um, a little getting a little older, Ryan here, you know getting a little high school days maybe post high school black dahlia murder or three inches of blood oh, that's tough one i had to um for uh, what for high school ryan high school ryan would be three inches of blood post high school ryan would be black dahlia murder If I asked you that question now, post high school still, is it still Black Dahlia? Um, it's actually, I mean, between the both of them, Black, Black Dahlia. I mean, they're both kind of lost what they originally were, but Black Dahlia is probably the closest way. They stay closest to the roots compared to the two. Awesome. Okay. Um, Hendrix or Jimmy Page? I don't know if I have a real opinion on those guys. That's why I threw this at you. I, I find that like all those like types of musicians, they were in a time when they were really bringing in the pioneering, all the different styles that, like that we that take for granted now. So it's like when you listen to them, you're like, oh, well, I mean, like you can't really like have an opinion about them because they're doing things that people weren't doing. So even if they're, oh, you know, like he didn't do, he did think, no one did it like that. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're, like I said, pioneers, right? Where 
If I had to pick one though, like by a pick, like, I don't know. It's this or that. You have to pick one. Man, you know, you know, you're such an ass. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, let's just go Hendrix. All right. All right. Um, next question. The Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Probably the Beatles. And why? Um, I don't know. I feel like they had more influence on like the, well, I guess they had more pop. I don't know. They just, they had some catchy tunes, man. Makes sense. Okay, my last question for this or that, guitar one or guitar two? I know you're not the guy that names your guitars after like uh, female wrestlers in WWE and shit like that. Like who does that? So um, you name your guitars, guitar one and two. So one or two. I feel better playing one. Like it just feels like a better guitar. I feel so like it feels like raw to play guitar too, like just unhinged. I don't know. They're the same thing though. I mean, I guess um, different reasons, but one probably is my favorite guitar. Guitar. Yeah, one was my favorite guitar. Just real close with number two. I could I could play number two and not even be upset about number one not being played. That's a fair answer. I I guess because they're virtually the same guitar, it's kind of look a little different. It makes sense. It's like having a blue one and a red one. It's like having a white one and a black one of the exact same model guitar. Right. It's actually purple, but that's fine. It's black and purple to correct you. Blurple. It's whatever you see. It's like what color is the dress? Is it blue or is it gray? Is that what it was? I don't uh-huh. remember. Black and gold, man. Black, black and gold. All right, okay. Um, this is um so new season, new podcast we kind of have here. So let's let's start something new right now. Can you name? I guess it's kind of new. We did it with uh, Matt in our episode three of Disaster. But can you name every band you've ever been in in chronological order? I'm gonna try. Now that you brought that up to me, I don't know. I didn't write it down, so um, I'm just going to go with it. All right. Well, I think the first band I was in was called No Tomorrow. Then I was in a band called Socrates. Then I was in a band called Black Lithium. Then I was in a band called... Uh, Black Lithium, then. Yeah, Black Lithium, then I, then I was in Polynary Fall Line. And then from Polynary Fall Line, I went to a band called Surrender the Convoy? I think, no, it, I think Death of a Pirate. Yeah. Then it was, um, it was like the, the years of like random bands. Uh, Surrender the Convoy. There was Victoria's Downfall. The band with Mark. Was, uh... Oh, and they're talking about Judgment. And there was, I think the last one there was uh, 
Death Rides for Disaster. There's one more band you and Mark and Nick were in after all that. Well, no, I know that that's way after though. That was We Are the Dead. Oh yeah, you're still coming to there. Yeah, I've gone to that point. Yeah. Then after We Are the Dead, um, I went to college and I was in some stupid punk band called. Uh, God, what the fuck were we called? I don't remember what we were called. I guess I you guys it. weren't good. I mean, I, I just wasn't into that kind of music. That the music was probably pretty good for that style, but I just it was like that happy punk, but it wasn't like pop punk. Do you know what I mean? It was, and the singer was just like, oh, hey. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. This was my so after that shitty band in college, uh, I don't think I played in. Oh, I played in a band called Gutter Wolf. And then I ended up starting Wormhusk a few years later with Matt Paget, which then eventually incorporated Dano Disaster again. And yeah, Nick was in there and Sly was in there. Awesome. And, then, and, and now there's also Death Moose. And what's Death Moose? Is that your side project? Yeah. Death Moose. The placeholder. The placeholder. Okay. All right. So this is the part of the segment where um, you can just basically shoot the shit, anything you want to just drop about any of the projects you have upcoming or anything like that. Um, go ahead, bud. Well, still looking for a bass player, singer, and guitar player for Death Moves. If you know anybody who plays guitar, let me know. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to do that. Uh, that Wormhouse is playing a show on the 26th of this month. Um, that's probably something that people should go to. If you're seeing this before the 26th of September 2021, you should go to that show at the Queens in Barry. Um, exciting, other exciting news. Um, I looked at a house today. It costs $300,000 and I probably need about $100,000 in the renovations to make it even passably livable. And it's smaller than my apartment. So there's that. Adulting. Yeah. Um, working on stuff. Working on more stuff all the time. You know, I'll pick up the guitar and something gets made. But haven't had a chance to play guitar very often lately. It's not very fun. Any new? Gotta have rehearsal today, though. That's good. Any new Wormhouse songs down the pipeline? Oh, there's definitely one in the creation of things. Um, there's things people haven't heard before, already written, and. Um, there's a interesting sample that might be dropped in one of the, in one part of the Wormhusk set that might be intriguing. Could that be happening this um, coming this first show? I mean, I'm not gonna say yes or no, but I'm not gonna deny that it may possibly be a thing. I'm not gonna say that it is, but I'm not gonna say that it is. 
you know it makes sense makes sense all right um well dude obviously thank you so much you're my best friend and look at now we have a we have a side podcast to tie into our baby disaster um this is the first episode ever of guitar gossip i want to thank my guest the first guest ever ryan Slos. thank you so much for being here dude um i had a great time talking to you i can't wait to rip the stage with you next weekend like let's fucking go be a really good idea to do john safry next john safry um, that guy is real real go-getter he is a real go-getter i think he plays in that band play fight yep those guys those guys really put the pitter to the patter man pitter patter let's get at her all right um you know what i'm because you said that i'm going to i'll I'll give john a call and see if he'll be able to um somehow record an interview and be able to drop this before i guess the yeah you know what I'll, i'll make it work i'll i'll pull some strings it'll be all right yeah, I have, I have all the faith in you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right, so this is the end of the episode. I want to thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you so much for being here. Um, how we're going to end all the future episodes, I'm basically going to give our guest their chance to play us out on one of their songs. So, Ryan, since you are the lead guitar player of the band Wormhusk, what is one song that you have that you want to play us out with? I just want to say before that, that it was really, really nice of you to have invited Jacob Hamilton to be on your show. But the fact that he couldn't be here because of timing issues and all that, I mean, it was really good that you actually, that you put that forward. I hope maybe in the future and one of your other shows, we can see Jake Hamilton up here. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's a very tough thing trying to uh, book him, but, um, I'll try it. You know, it might not happen this season, maybe next, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that as well. Perfect. And by the song, I, I want to hear, I want to hear for you. I want to hear Rick Flair strip for me, but I want, but I want to hear the solo section. That'd be the best section. I know I'm playing the whole song, bro. We're ending it on the whole song. Well, that's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, dude. That's how we do it on Guitar Gossip here. Let's go. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for being here. Um, Ryan, thank you so much. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Next week, episode two, stay tuned because we are getting John Safry from Play Fight. I don't care what I have to do. I'll go call my boy Mittendorf, call Bombay. We'll pull some strings. But episode two will feature John Safry from Play Fight. I kid you not. Ryan, thank you so much again. Everybody, this is Ric Flair's Strep by the band Wormhusk. Thank you so much.